Welcome, friends, to the court of the Trashy Royals, where we assemble each Thursday to reveal and revel in the tales of our betters behaving badly. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends, Alicia here. Thank you for joining us for today's Naughty Noble. Who have you got for us, Alicia? Queen Victoria's very first granddaughter, mm. Princess Charlotte of Prussia. Oh, my. Princess Charlotte is the original mean girl. Charlotte is the daughter of Victoria, Princess Royal, and sister to Kaiser Wilhelm II. Princess Charlotte is a bit unforgettable in the very worst of ways. She is spoiled by her father's parents and inherited Porphyria from her mother. Of course. There's a lot happening with Princess Charlotte, but that doesn't even begin to get into her gossiping, blackmail schemes, and sex parties. Oh my. There's a lot going on in this story. Also, words are hard. Princess Charlotte marries Prince Bernhard, which is how I would have liked to have said it somehow consistently in the story. (laughs) I did not. I turned into an English lass. Words are sometimes difficult, but I say fall down seven, stand up eight. Excellent. Before we begin our episode today, we do have one good noble to thank for supporting us over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces podcast. Thank you to Kate S. Holy cats, the easiest Patreon ever. $2 a month to show your support will get you all of our Trashy Royals episodes early and ad free. So grateful to all of you supporters over there. You rock. Friends and Stacy, are you ready? Let us anon to the original mean girl of the trashy Victorians, the very first granddaughter of Queen Victoria, Princess Charlotte of Prussia. got a fun one today. Oh, good. We talked last week about if Victoria's child was not trashy, their grandkids are going to be off the charts. Sure. Welcome to Princess Charlotte of Prussia. Charlotte is the eldest of Queen Victoria's granddaughters. Princess Charlotte is the daughter of Princess Victoria. This is Vicky. Oldest child of Queen Victoria. Correct. And her husband, Prince Frederick of Prussia. Later, Charlotte's parents would again, remember, briefly be the emperor and empress of Germany and the king and queen of Prussia, but only for 99 days until Frederick's death, which at that point, Princess Charlotte's brother, Kaiser Wilhelm II, becomes emperor. Princess Charlotte was born on October the 1st, 1860, at the New Palace in Potsdam in the Kingdom of Prussia. Remember, Charlotte is the second child born to her parents. Her older brother was Wilhelm, soon to really screw things up in the world. Mm -hmm. This would make Princess Charlotte the second grandchild of Victoria and Albert. Princess Charlotte was born the year before Prince Albert died. Mm, Okay. So to put her birth and age in perspective... Princess Charlotte's youngest aunt, Princess Beatrice, was born in 1857, just three years before Princess Charlotte. 
many of Charlotte's younger cousins, oh, so trashy, the lot of them, would be born through the 1880s and early 1890s. So Princess Charlotte of Prussia was much older than most of the other cousins, right? She's closer in age to her Aunt Beatrice. Charlotte's grandmother, Queen Victoria, was only 41 years old at the time of Princess Charlotte's birth. Her mother, Victoria Princess Royal, or Vicky, as we know her, was 20 years old. Here along comes little Princess Charlotte, October the 1st, 1860. And descriptions of Charlotte as a child and throughout her life, almost always 100% of the time, included the word difficult. (laughs) Excellent. Queen Victoria was livid. She was incensed at the idea that her daughter, Vicky, would not name her first granddaughter after her. Victoria had wanted all of her grandchildren to be named after her or Albert, which would have made things real confusing for historians. Boy, would it. But Princess Vicky's in-laws, poor Princess Vicky, she had a tough, tough marriage. Her in-laws wanted the baby to be named after a great aunt named Charlotte on their side, who was then the Dowager Empress of Russia. The parents, Vicky and Frederick, land on the given name of Victoria, with a K, Elizabeth Auguste Charlotte. But the only name the baby was ever called was Charlotte, or Charlie for short. From a very early age, Charlotte did show behaviors that troubled her mother and her grandmother, Again, making life difficult for her governesses. Charlotte was irritable. She was anxious. She constantly bit her nails and pulled at her clothes until they tore. Hmm. Charlotte also had a tendency to bite things and sometimes even people. It will later be determined that poor Princess Charlotte suffered from porphyria, like her long-distant relative, King George III. But no one was aware of that at the time. Sure, this family is just a genetic lottery. (laughs) In the 1990s, so not even that long ago, tests were done and found evidence of porphyria, the disease in the remains of Charlotte's DNA. As a result of the porphyria, Charlotte had many physiological issues in her life, as well as physical ones like rheumatism and some other chronic digestive issues. So what is porphyria? Mm -hmm. It is an inherited disease that happens from a buildup of natural chemicals in the body that produce porphyrin in the body. And porphyrins are necessary for the function of hemoglobin. But in levels that are higher than normal, this can cause serious problems. What happens? The nervous system is greatly affected and symptoms can be quite severe including mental changes such as anxiety, confusion, hallucinations, seizures, disorientation, and paranoia. Other symptoms can be pain in the abdomen, pain in the chest, legs or back, weakness, paralysis, high blood pressure, irregular heartbeat. It's a real cornucopia of problems, porphyria. Yeah, bodies operate in a very specific tolerance for basically any chemical in it. And when that gets out of range. I mean, all kinds of things can go wrong. And when you mention the genetic lottery, Mm. this is not the only hereditary disease that we will be talking about in this series. Hemophilia Mm -hmm. is coming up, but do remember Princess Vicky Porphyria passed to 
Charlotte's daughter after that. Now, the thing you want to know is as a child, Charlotte and her older brother, Wilhelm, were very close to their paternal grandparents. This is King Wilhelm I and Queen Augusta. King Wilhelm and Queen Augusta, these two, would pretty much be the major cause of the poor relationship between Kaiser Wilhelm II and his parents, as well as issues between Charlotte and her parents. King Wilhelm and Queen Augusta indulged their oldest grandchildren and talked trash all the time about their parents. Oh, boy. Yes, very negatively. Wow. So it's a whole lot of, oh, don't mind what your mother says about that. Well, we're going to feed you chocolate all day long. Sort of. Like, Princess Vicky really did have it bad. After she married Prince Frederick, she goes to Prussia Mm -hmm. and has it really tough. The family is not very nice to Princess Vicky. Princess Vicky is not given the freedom to make any choices, really, for her oldest two children. She was not allowed to breastfeed them as Hmm. she wanted to. Princess Vicky will end up breastfeeding her younger children and demand, as she gets a little older and through time, she wants some more control over their upbringing. But Princess Vicky, this is her second kid. She's 20 years old. Yeah, and I'm sure she's trying to make inroads with her new family. It's a sad situation. Mm -hmm. She's a very young woman in a foreign country with no allies. So she sort of gives in with what her in-laws push her to do, not realizing the dire consequences that it would have in the long term. We'll get there. Again, Charlotte, from a very early age, described as difficult. Charlotte has a lot of violent temper tantrums. She seems to be full of rage. Also, because of her digestive problems, eating was very difficult for her, which causes Charlotte to be extremely thin at times and look very sickly. Also, this makes Charlotte look a little bit younger than she actually was when she's a preteen, 13, 14, people think she looks around 10 years old. Okay. She's petite, she's small, she's very thin. So she wasn't full of rage, she was full of porphyrins. There was just no way to know such a thing at the time. Correct. So sad. Another issue, because there's so many issues in this story, another issue that caused tension between Princess Vicky and Princess Charlotte regarded learning and education. Remember Princess Vicky we talked about last week? She was an avid learner, intellectually gifted, spoke four languages by the time she was five years old. She loves learning. Princess Charlotte, on the other hand, does not. She shows very little interest in her studies and is not one iota of curious intellectually, which will disappoint her mother greatly. So if Charlotte isn't spending her time on the books, what is it that Charlotte likes to spend her time on? I'm so curious. Well, most of that is causing trouble. She really enjoys causing trouble and takes a great deal of pleasure in creating mischief. Hmm. It's a good episode for October this month. (laughs) In basically every single account of Charlotte's life, it is mentioned that Charlotte loved to gossip and was always spreading rumors and sharing private stories about her family members and the court and the aristocracy. Some accounts describe her using the current term, mean girl. Hmm. 
Princess Charlotte started it. She's the OG mean girl. This is fascinating. Well, that's the thing. If Victoria's kids, not too trashy. Grandkids off the charts. Victoria's first granddaughter. Whoa, you're not even ready for the places this story goes. So Princess Charlotte, mean girl, OG, as she grows into a teenager, her behavior becomes more erratic and she'll cause more problems. This outrages her mother, Vicky, and especially her grandmother, the queen. You know what does it? <laughs> First and foremost is all of her chain smoking. So that's not sure. great for mom and grandma, but that was sort of the least of it because Princess Charlotte openly and boldly flirts with many men, which is highly inappropriate oh, yeah. for a young lady to do, especially a young lady that's a member of the royal family. Yeah. Like her mom and grandmother are apoplectic sure. over Charlotte's Decorum. Wildness. Decorum. Yeah. One royal insider at the time called her, quote, the most arrogant and heartless coquette at court, unquote. Charlotte was also known, seriously, OG mean girl, for turning on friends and stabbing people in the back. So but you mean figuratively. <laughs> well, <laughs> even her older brother, Kaiser Wilhelm II, who was not exactly a peach, calls his sister Charlie the Pretender. Uh-huh, that's her nickname from Wilhelm. As Charlotte gets a little older, has a little bit more time to practice her skills, her gossiping becomes more malicious and mean-spirited by the year. Charlie the Pretender takes real, real delight and pleasure in fabricating, disparaging information, especially about her cousins, and spreading these fake news false lies all through the land in order to damage their reputations and hurt their own marital prospects. She sounds darling. So besides the chain smoking and the flirting with boys, that's pretty bad. But Queen Victoria, the thing she takes most seriously is matchmaking. She is not even messing around with matchmaking with her kids. The queen is over it. In fact, Princess Charlotte upsets her grandmother so much that Queen Victoria initially doesn't want Princess Charlotte to attend Victoria's own Golden Jubilee for the fears of any kind of trouble that Charlotte would cause. You're not even invited, mm -hmm. Charlotte. But alas, despite her mother and grandmother's concerns about Charlotte's behavior and oh-so-lively personality, before all of her flirtations and chain-smoking ruined her reputation, Princess Charlotte got engaged. On April 1st, 1877, it was officially announced that Princess Charlotte of Prussia was engaged to her second cousin, Prince Bernhard of Saxe-Meningen. That's probably not going to cause any problems at all. Expand the gene pool, you guys. Come on. <laughs> this engagement, though, seemed to be the answer to her mother's prayers. Prince Bernard was nine years older than the 17-year-old Charlotte, the two appeared to be compatible. Everyone prayed that this prince would be a stabilizing force for our troublesome young princess. Vicky writes to her mother, Queen Victoria. Everyone is initially enthralled, and yet those who know her better know how she really is. <laughs> 
and can have neither love nor trust nor respect. It is too sad. There is nothing to be done. It is just a fact, and one can only hope that life will serve as teachers to her and that the good Bernard will protect and guide her. Then at least her wicked qualities will not be able to cause her any harm. Sorry, unquote. <laughs> wicked qualities, okay. Oh, we're just warming up. Mm-hmm. We're just putting gas in the car for Charlotte of Prussia. This story is wild. Princess Charlotte of Prussia and her Prince Bernard were married on February the 18th, 1878, in a double wedding ceremony. Who does this happen with? Charlotte's paternal cousin, Princess Elizabeth Anna of Prussia, and her husband. This double wedding was an enormous deal. Huge. The event draws crowds, thousands of onlookers, just to get a glimpse of the royal brides. Of course, it's covered by every newspaper in Europe. And we love parties around here. The celebration after the ceremony was no ordinary wedding reception. The party lasted for not one, not two, not three, not four, but five straight days. Big party. During the course of this week-long festivity, Charlotte fainted three different times. Big wedding. Big party, after they recovered from the feasts and drinking and dancing and performances, Princess Charlotte and her groom move into a villa in Potsdam. Charlotte wastes absolutely no time becoming a popular hostess in high society circles. And now Princess Charlotte, with a little bit of autonomy out from her mother and grandmother's thumb, so to speak, loves being at the center of attention and loves to get people to tell her all of the juicy gossip. Don't do it. Charlotte wasn't terribly pleased about her mother still being nearby and keeping tabs on Charlie's behavior. So in order to get away, she and Bernard buy a villa in Cannes. And she will use the excuse of her rheumatism. I need warm weather. I need a seaside coast to improve my health. It's pretty much a go-to. Back in the day. But her older brother, Kaiser Wilhelm, was not going to allow that to continue for very long. Kaiser Wilhelm sees France as an enemy and viewed his sister living there as a complete betrayal, not only to him, but to their country. But Charlotte's hopes for freedom to stir up trouble without being hindered by her family were short-lived on multiple accounts because just a few months into her marriage... Charlotte realized she was pregnant. Hmm. Charlotte hated being pregnant Hmm. and despised having to follow even stricter rules during that time. Even before her child was born, Charlotte vowed she would never, ever, ever have another child. And Charlotte was right. Wow. Princess Theodora was born May the 12th, 1879, and would be Princess Charlotte and Prince Bernard's only child. I am certain that you're going to find it unsurprising that Charlotte really didn't like motherhood any more than she liked pregnancy. Not surprised. Something to bond with grandma over after all. Right? She spends very little time with her young daughter, Theodora, and finds her child just to be a hindrance to the life that she would rather be living. So, Charlotte and Bernard went on with their lives the way they wanted to, and left the raising of their child, Theodora, up to governesses and Charlotte's mother, Princess Vicky. Regardless of how her parents treated her, 
Little Princess Theodora was still a milestone for Queen Victoria since she was her first great-grandchild. Mm, okay. Sadly, though, it would not be very long before Theodora began showing similar health and behavioral problems just like her mama. Hmm. She was frequently sick with chronic pain in her limbs and back and also had serious digestive problems. By the time that Theodora was 13 years old, her grandmother, who was now Empress Victoria because her husband had become emperor when his father died, wrote to her mom, I find dear little Theo hardly grown. She is very plain just now, especially in profile. A huge mouth and nose and chin, no cheeks, no color. The body of a child of five and a head that might well belong to a grown-up person. I think right now is a great time to take a break. We've covered most of the basic bits when we come back from a word from our sponsors. We're going to hear about Charlotte's relationship with her sister-in-law, which was not good, as well as some sex parties, orgies, blackmails, and scandals. Oh my. See you on the flip. Being a part of a royal family might seem enticing, but more often than not, it comes at the expense of everything else, like your freedom, your privacy, and sometimes even your head. Wondery's new podcast, Even the Royals, pulls back the curtain on royal families, past and present from all over the world, to show you the darker side of what it means to be royalty. From icons like Grace Kelly, Oscar-winning actress turned Princess of Monaco, who the world saw as the ultimate good girl, she mastered playing a happy wife and mother, but beneath it all, she was desperately lonely. Grace spent her whole life working towards perfection, and it ultimately cost her her happiness. Or King Ludwig II from Bavaria. He was only 18 when his father died, leaving the crown to him and a duty to rule that he never wanted. He refused to lead and used funds from the royal treasury to further his extreme love of opera. <laughs> but this choice eventually cost him the crown. And his life. Mm. Follow Even the Royals on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge Even the Royals ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Bravo Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude. Stop with the voice. Just the vo keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans in engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. Oh, OG Mean Girl Charlotte. So we have seen through her life, she's not really a get-along-with-people kind of person. Right. But one of the people that she had the very worst relationship with was her sister-in-law, Kaiser Wilhelm's wife, Dona. So when Charlotte and Bernard moved to Meningen and then to Breslau, Charlotte was super relieved to get away from her brother's court and most especially her sister-in-law, Dona. But Empress Dona gets wind of some of Charlotte's behavior and was still able to give her grief from afar. There was one time when it seems that Princess Charlotte was not actually for once doing anything wrong, <laughs> at least by today's standards. The Empress, Empress Dona, had learned that Charlotte, I'm glad you're sitting down, had started riding a bicycle. 
Okay. This bicycle riding was completely inappropriate. Scandal! It was. It was considered indecent at the time. And Charlotte does her best to ignore her sister-in-law's complaints, even though she's the empress. But that was the most minor scuffle between the two women. This is like the real housewives of Prussia. You ready? There's a bigger, bigger scandal to come. When a court official named Karl von Dierberg's wife left him, Empress Dona decided just in her own mind that this happened because Karl von Dierberg and Charlotte certainly were having an affair. After all, Charlotte was a shameless flirt and had been rumored to have had many affairs with more than one man at court. Von Dierberg did work closely with Princess Charlotte, and the two spent a lot of time together, which is fine, but here Empress Dona gives Charlotte an ultimatum. She could either fire Von Dierberg, or Dona would tell her husband, Charlotte's brother, about the affair. And Princess Charlotte was like, heck no, man, I'm not going to be bullied by you. Completely denies the affair. Remember, she's married. Her loyal husband, Prince Bernard, joins in on the fight and defends Charlotte. He'll turn the tables on Empress Dona and accuses her, Dona, of being the gossip and the petty one and said that he would retire if she didn't leave them alone because he and Charlotte were, quote, above such filth, unquote. This scandal does blow over, but it very much sets the stage for the trouble that would soon cause Kaiser Wilhelm to essentially cut all ties with his sister. And I think we might be to my favorite part of the story. Oh, good. This is called Sex Parties, Blackmails, and Scandals. I think this will be my favorite part of the story as well. So I need to let y'all know that things were not as prudish and uptight in Kaiser Wilhelm's court as the image they perhaps wished to portray. People have been trashy since the beginning of time. Don't let people fool you. Mm -hmm. Police files from the Prussian secret state archives in Berlin were released in 2010. And these records prove that German royals, aristocrats, and members of the court were far, far spicier than most of us would have imagined. Princess Charlotte, OG Mean Girl, her maliciousness and gossiping often made her unpopular and menacing, but she really reaches out to the next level in 1892. Such great heights Charlotte goes to. Here, Charlotte in 1892 throws a scandalous party at the Grunewald Hunting Lodge in Berlin. Some of the highest-ranking members of German aristocratic society and court attended this party. Want to set the scene for you. This is no prudish upper crust party. There are no watercress sandwiches, no proper tea. What this party was, was actually a wild sex party, complete with swapping of partners, group sex, and various acts that were certainly considered indecent, if not actually illegal, at the time. Naturally, the attendees of the wild sex orgy party never expected for anyone outside of those at the party to know any of the details of what happened in that hunting lodge. Obviously, what happens in Grunewald stays in Grunewald. But soon, <laughs> those Grunewald orgy folks are going to find out that they are wrong, 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 wrong. Mm. 
when all the details of this debauchery and scandalous behavior was leaked, Germany gasped. Shortly after the party, those who attended the party began receiving anonymous blackmail letters. The letters also included not just words, but the letters also included pornographic images and illustrations that described the scenes that only someone who was at that party there would know that that actually happened. Needless to say, panic spread around the court. There were loud denials. There is much finger pointing. But the one thing all the letter receivers, each and every one, had in common was that they all wanted to discover who the letter writer was. Of course. I have a feeling I know. Well, (laughs) see, the other thing is it's not just the hunting party sex orgy people who got the letters. There were actually hundreds of these letters that circulated around Berlin and German high society. So maybe you didn't go to the party, but you still got a letter with the names of all the party goers, Mm. or maybe just some hints, some clues to allude to who that may be, but you still got the drawings, inevitably, because people are people. The details of the party and even the images were made public. Even the New York Times covered it. On July the 2nd, 1894, a headline read, All Germany Talking of It. The coat scandal and absorbing topic everywhere. The shock and outrage were palpable. Kaiser Wilhelm is furious. He demands an investigation. Hey, remember my sister Charlotte? Rumors of her involvement in this are already widespread. Oh, I'm sure. And although Charlotte had never had the penchant for really writing blackmail letters before... Charlie the Pretender had been known to manipulate people into telling her secrets and then use that information against them. So the suspicion was that Princess Charlotte was behind the blackmail plot, and that's pretty well founded. You can see how people connected that through line. Oh, yeah. After a brief investigation, the Kaiser's Master of Ceremonies, this is Leberecht von Coates, he was arrested taken into custody, but quickly released after being questioned. The problem was that Coates was angry and wanted revenge on the people he believed had accused him. So, what did Coates do? He started challenging some of the male partygoers to a duel. Lots of duels. And that didn't go great. Coates was injured in the first duel, and while recovering from his injuries... He actually received an Easter egg from Kaiser Wilhelm as a get well gesture. And you would think after being injured in the first duel, dude would just be like, "Mm, maybe I'm done dueling. But no, he's really on this mission to restore his tarnished reputation. So he'll challenge (laughs) a different party goer to a second duel. And this time Coates was killed when his opponent shot him in the intestine. Mm, That has to be a painful way to go. So this guy kind of gets hung up for it, but according to the Berlin historian Wolfgang Wipperman, those who have researched the scandal most agree that Princess Charlotte was in fact behind the whole debacle. They believe she organized the party specifically for the reason to entrap the guests 
knowing what would happen. And uh, once again, all Charlotte seeing the opportunity to cause trouble. Yeah, this has a very Bridgerton vibe to it. There's another theory that Charlotte wrote the letters, but that Kaiser Wilhelm's brother-in-law, Duke Ernst, is the guy who distributed them. Who is Duke Ernst? He's the brother of Empress Dona, Mm. Kaiser Wilhelm's wife. Interesting. Interesting. Shady, right? Interesting alliance if they were working in tandem. Whipperman will use his extensive research to write a book about the whole fiasco called Scandal in Hunting Lodge Grunewald. His book includes another opinion for the letter writer. There is an alternative theory, which points the finger at the Duchess of Hohenau. I know that's not the right way to say it. I'm not a German speaker. I apologize. Here, the Duchess, though, was married to the openly gay Duke Friedrich von Hohenau. The two obviously had a mutual agreement in their marriage about their extramarital activities. So the Duchess's sexual exploits were well known and legendary with many different aristocrats and high-ranking officials. One of the reasons why the Duchess of Hohenau is also a suspect is because of the anger some of the letters, the angriest letters are all directed to her known enemies. Mm -hmm. The letters even accuse some of these women of lesbian affairs. But certainly, Princess Charlotte would not be above making those accusations either. Sure. I love this history's mysteries thing happening. Really, right? In any case, the trouble was not over for our Princess Charlotte. Before the scandal died down, you ready? Uh-oh, her diary mysteriously disappeared. Oh, no. And with Charlotte being Charlotte, her diary was full of secrets and lurid stories against many members of the aristocracy and also members of her family. Some of the nasty commentary in the diary was naturally about Empress Dona, her brother's wife. There was even more. Oh, trashy tales abounded about their younger sister, Victoria. She goes by Moretta. Charlotte was spreading rumors that Moretta was carrying on numerous affairs, although there was zero evidence that that was true. Unfortunately for little Moretta, who was already having a trouble finding a suitor, this doesn't oh, help no, her. Yeah. When the diary somehow, hot potato, hot potato, ends up in the hands of Kaiser Wilhelm, he is big mad, enraged, and this was no normal sibling squabble. Wilhelm, at this point, transferred Charlotte's husband to a regiment in Breslau, and the move was meant to banish or exile Charlotte without having to answer for doing it. I'm just going to reassign mm. your husband because you need to get out of my country. But Wilhelm is not done. That's not the only retaliation he imposes on his troublemaking sister. Wilhelm drastically reduces her funds, mm. which means that the couple could no longer throw the lavish parties and travel in the way that they had been accustomed to doing. I bet this went over great with Charlotte. It's not great. <laughs> she finds other places to wreak her havoc, though. We're going to take a quick break and come back for a little bit more Princess Charlotte drama. Mm. Back in a minute. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. 
Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Oh, poor Princess Charlotte of Prussia. Banished. To the hinterlands. I mean, really? From the German court, she's mm-hmm. out. She's ostracized. And also, Wilhelm is mad. Yeah, financially and suddenly very reduced circumstances. But I understand perhaps she has a history of blackmail. So who can say? Charlotte is really needing a new place to cause trouble. She also needs new people to gossip about. To do this, Charlotte has a new place she's going to go. <laughs> Charlotte is going to head to the Romanian court. At this point, Charlotte involves one of her cousins, her much younger cousin, Princess Marie of Edinburgh, who will also be Queen Marie of Romania. She's known as Missy. She has a fascinating story all of her own. I promise Missy's coming, but I want to talk about Charlotte and Missy first. Because Charlotte and Missy have a thing. (laughs) Charlotte's plotting often involves her cousin Missy from Romania, more than a few times in her life, working in conjunction with Missy's mother, who could not tolerate the idea of her daughter possibly marrying her cousin, this would be Prince George of Wales, later King George V, Charlotte helped distract Missy into a different direction. Missy was only 16 and had no real knowledge of Romania or the Romanian society, although the entire family Everyone, except for Missy's mother, believed that marrying into the Romanian royal family would be an absolute disaster for Missy. Charlotte nonetheless seemed to trick her young and innocent cousin into accepting that marriage proposal from Crown Prince Ferdinand of Romania. This little matchmaking by Charlotte outrages Princess Vicky, Queen Victoria, and even Missy's father, Prince Alfred. Later in her life, Missy would write about her cousin Charlotte's scheme as this, listen to this, quote-unquote, a cruel trapping of innocence. Mm. Why would Charlotte do this? I mean, OG mean girl, Charlotte was jealous of Missy because Missy was so beautiful and so admired. She's the prettiest of all the grandkids. And although Charlotte was a part of the scheme to convince Missy to marry Crown Prince Ferdinand of Romania. Once that happened, Charlotte's not done. She proceeds to set about making Missy's life in Romania as difficult as possible. She would spread rumors about Missy to her in-laws. Lies. Fake lies. Fake news. This is just a toxic person. Charlotte will end up creating enormous problems for her young, pretty cousin, who was already having a tough enough time trying to adapt to life in a country very, very different from her own. Charlotte would encourage Missy into situations that she knew would cause gossip and tarnish her reputation. Why? Nah. Charlotte was bored. She just wanted to be amused. There's no ulterior motive for this. She's just mean. Let's go ahead and talk about sort of the end of this story. 
Princess Charlotte didn't write just dislike being pregnant. She also disliked being a mother and, in fact, disliked her daughter a lot, like to an incredible degree. Princess Charlotte has not one motherly instinct, and Princess Theodora was never exempt from Charlotte's mean streak or spiteful actions. Charlotte was around her daughter as little as possible. But ultimately, it would turn out that that was possibly the best thing she could do for Theodora was neglect and ignore her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would this be the best alternative? Because when Charlotte was with Theodora, she's super critical. She calls her stupid. She never likes how Theodora looks or dresses. Theodora, no matter what she does, never pleases her cruel mother. It wouldn't matter what she did. Charlotte was just going to be a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it would not be long before many of Charlotte's unpleasant behaviors, unfortunately, begin to be noticeable in Theodora as well. Relations between mother and daughter grow worse over time. When Theodora gets engaged to Prince Henry XXX of Rus, Charlotte strongly disapproves. Prince Henry was not highly ranked, and he was essentially penniless. She criticized his looks and, of course, naturally questioned why he would be interested in Theodora. Saddest of all, when Theodora was unable to have children after desperately wanting to be a mother, Charlotte was openly happy about her daughter's misfortune. Yikes. Even after Theodora underwent medical procedures in an attempt to get pregnant, Princess Charlotte talked about how happy she was that Theodora couldn't have children and that it was quote-unquote incomprehensible that Theodora would even want to be a mother. She wrote to her daughter after the surgery, Your organs were in perfect condition and order, so what made your insides go wrong I fail to comprehend. She's so mean, Princess Charlotte. Yeah, this is terrible. It gets worse. Theodora was also clearly suffering from porphyria and had to deal with several of the same physical issues and struggles as her mom. By 1903, Theodora was having constant migraines, painful inflammation of her joints, and even partial paralysis. Would you think now that Princess Charlotte summons any kind of maternal instinct or motherly love? No, I would not. No! Instead, Charlotte will spread the rumor that Theodora was sick and was unable to get pregnant because her husband, Prince Henry, had given her venereal disease. Oh, my God. Happily here, that is when Theodora stopped talking to her Mm. mother forever. Just went no contact? Understandably. Princess Charlotte of Prussia dies of a heart attack in 1919 at the age of 59 years old. Her husband, Prince Bernard, survived her by almost 10 years. As for their child, Theodora, she spent much of her later years in and out of sanatoriums and hospitals as her health deteriorated. Her husband, Prince Henry, died in March 1939, leaving Theodora alone and very much unable to enjoy really anything due to her constant illnesses Theodora, as a result, becomes severely depressed. On August the 26th, 1945, Theodora put her head into a gas oven and ended her own life. Well, that's terrible. 
Again, researchers have done DNA analysis on Theodora's remains as well to verify that, yes, in fact, she also had porphyria. Only one of the genetic lottery Mm. of the diseases we're going to talk about. So many to choose from. That, my dears, is Princess Charlotte of Prussia, the OG mean girl. For no other reason than she just enjoyed being mean. Sounds like just manipulative, scheming, vindictive, jealous, just a whole battery of attributes that, you know, any one of which we would all be proud to have, but she just had the whole set. Whole stack. As for trashy crowns for Princess Charlotte, they're all hers. (laughs) Every single one of them, whether they're in Cannes or Romania or Breslau, do not go to a hunting lodge. <laughs> Don't drink anything Princess Charlotte makes for you. You could get into a little bit of trouble. No Instagram at that hunting no, lodge. No, no, no. No videos allowed. Yikes. Can you imagine? It was high, high scandal in the court. Princess Charlotte just to make trouble because she can. Mm-hmm. OG Mean Girl, yeah. Princess Charlotte. That is a wild story. I'm surprised that... I mean, at some point, doesn't Kaiser Wilhelm just arrest his sister and call it a day? Like, amazing that she lived through it all. I guess he thought banishing her, exiling her would do it, but can't stop, won't stop, Charlotte. She's been doing this since the beginning of time, when you're born a mean girl. Once a mean girl, always a mean girl. Interesting. I don't think Princess Charlotte is all that fetch. (laughs) Man, Queen Victoria... Come get your granddaughter. Oh, that's only one. Remember, Queen Victoria yeah, has 42 so many. grandkids. And we are going to be talking about the trashiest ones of all. Thank you, everyone. All of you for coming today to hang out with us for this episode of Trashy Royals. We will reassemble next Thursday with a different tale of a naughty noble. Until then, if you like what Stacy and I do... You can always find us over at Trashy Divorces. We're coming back for season 20 of that jam this week. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We can't wait to be back with you next week. And until we meet again, friends. Keep Princess Charlotte out of your business. Definitely. That is the lesson here. (laughs) I think that we just end there. Yep. (laughs) If you see Princess Charlotte coming. Run. Other way. Fast as you can. Big love, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.